0: So, do you remember the character Harold in the book? Uh, they talked about Harold, and Harold did exactly what you said. No, he, he didn't do exactly what I well, said. Well, listen, let me let me say it first, and then okay, tell me what you think. So Harold had brought an issue to the leadership committee. Yep. They didn't really mention what the issue was. But because Harold didn't have any influence and he didn't have any power, he tried to create a sense of urgency, but they didn't listen to him. And so they really kind of ostracized him because they just... So do you remember that character? I do remember that character. I understand what you're saying about creating a sense of urgency, but one of the things that Fred did is that he aligned himself with somebody that had the power, had the influence, and supported him.
1: That was Val Lewis, my co-host, and I discussing Our Iceberg is Melting by John Cotter. If you want to make a change in your business, department, or nonprofit organization, then keep listening to MLB Masterminds of Business. I'm Gerald Johnson, and this is Episode 5A. Every show, we try to inspire you by introducing you to one of our masterminds or bringing your attention to a book, a podcast, an article that focuses on one of the four building blocks of business processes, people, customers, and resources. Today's episode is focused on the processes. Val and I will discuss change management by utilizing the process discussed in John Cotter's book, Our Iceberg is Melting, as a guide. Stay tuned for our information-packed show. Welcome to our discussion of Our Iceberg is Melting by John Cotter. In his book, John outlines the process of successful change management by using a colony of emperor penguins on an iceberg in Antarctica as a metaphor for the business environment. That's right, a colony of emperor penguins. John Cotter's Penguin Fable leads the reader through the eight steps that the penguins took to successfully change their situation. We will dissect John Cotter's book and relate it to our own experiences. Join us and explore an iceberg in Antarctica. This is a book about change management. What John Cotter does is he uses penguins, get this right, penguins in the Antarctic as a metaphor for life and business and change and what a community or a business organization goes through when they need to make change.
0: So let's set the stage, Gerald. Set the stage, please, Val, because you know I can't do it. Let's set the stage. (laughs) So what John has done in his book, Our Iceberg is Melting, he really took the concept of change management. How do you successfully use eight steps to successfully manage change. This could be change in your business. It could be change at home. Just any type of change. So he uses penguins, empire penguins. Empire penguins. Empire penguins. I thought it was emperor penguins. Oh, (laughs) The emperor. (laughs) I thought it was emperor penguins. Well, the book I read is "Empire." Okay. So anyway, he uses penguins and he uses a fable to get across all of the concepts around change management, and he uses various characters to represent different leadership qualities that are needed to make sure that this change is successful. So. First character I'll introduce is Lewis, who is the head of the Leadership Council. Okay. Um, Lewis is very influential. He has history with all of the members of the council. He gets things done. He's the head honcho. So then we have the character of Jordan, and he represents analytics. So he represents the person that is looking at the data, looking at the information, analyzing, and really coming from that analytical perspective. You have Alice, who is a go-getter. She's going to go in there, and she's going to get things done. She's going to take action, very impatient, can be very direct. Love Alice. Love Alice. Love Alice. And then you have Fred. Um, Fred is the curious, observant penguin that actually identifies what the issue is that requires this change. Okay. He doesn't have influence, but you can see when you read through the book and when we talk through it, he does have power and he gains additional power throughout the story. And then you have Buddy. Buddy is not very ambitious. He's a looker. <laughs> he's well, he's a lover. He's um, a lover. He's very likable, he's very trustworthy and very easy to talk to. So when we go through this book, we'll see how John uses these eight concepts for successful change management and how he uses the characteristics of these particular penguins to move forward with this change. And
1: I just want to set the stage a little bit on what I thought I just did. You did, but I just wanted to say what the problem was. So Fred uh, discovers that there are fissures and cracks in the in the iceberg that these penguins are living on Correct. in Antarctica and he is trying to convince the leadership council on how to solve this problem. Now they don't we don't know in the beginning of the story how they're going to solve the problem, but As these penguins go about their daily lives, they go through this eight-step process that Val just mentioned to come up with a solution to their problem. I think it's a very interesting technique that Mr. Cotter uses to engage the audience and make it really easy for the audience to understand from young to old because of the way he tells the story in the style of a fable. The first thing that they talked about in the book, the very first thing, when you want to make change, is... Creating a sense of urgency. What Fred (laughs) did was Fred brought all his data and analysis to Alice. And he convinced, and between himself and Alice, they convinced the leadership council that there was a problem. And created a sense of urgency because there was a short time frame to solve this problem. So when you're about trying to make change in your own organization, the organization that you belong to, and you see an issue that needs to be changing, you must create a sense of urgency. You have to tell people that this is critical to our existence, it's critical to our success, and you have to convince them of that.
0: So do you remember the character Harold in the book? Uh, they talked about Harold, and Harold did exactly what you said. He, no, he didn't do exactly what I well, said. Well, listen, let me let me say it first, and then okay, tell me what you think. So Harold had brought an issue to the leadership committee. Yep. They didn't really mention what the issue was. But because Harold didn't have any influence and he didn't have any power, he tried to create a sense of urgency, but they didn't listen to him. And so they really kind of ostracized him because they just... So do you remember that character? I do remember that character. I understand what you're saying about creating a sense of urgency, but one of the things that Fred did is that he aligned himself with somebody that had the power, had the influence and supported him
1: okay so let's talk about
0: harold and fred for a second because i know you're a data person yes i am okay so i'm just trying to bring in the people
1: all right so so bring in the people but i'm gonna say i'm gonna bring in the data bring it back to data so let's talk about harold and fred and how why one person failed to create a sense of urgency and the other one was successful so if we go back to harold harold rushed into it and didn't plot out what he was gonna do to convince people that there was an emergency. And because he rushed and didn't plan it out, he was unsuccessful in convincing people that there was a sense of urgency. However, with Fred, Fred did a few things. First, he took Alice to see the fissures and the cracks mm-hmm. under the water first. He 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 talked to Alice about the fissures and the cracks mm-hmm. of the iceberg, and he took her to view it for herself. And then he built a model to help convince other people. And lastly, the coup de gras is he put water in a bottle, in a glass bottle, and allowed it to freeze to show that when water freezed, it expanded and would crack the ice.
0: So basically, Fred was prepared. Was prepared. He presented, he had all his data, he had all his information, and he was able to convey his information in a number of different, communicate his information in a number of different ways so that people could understand what the urgency was about. To create the sense of
1: urgency because if you cannot communicate or do not plan out what the issue is, you'll never create a sense of urgency, even even if there really is a sense of urgency. If you're unprepared and you rush into it, you will not be able to create that sense of urgency. So that's the difference between Harold and Fred in the book, the, those two penguins, and why one was successful and one was not. So that was all about the data, since you said I like data. But So the first thing that you need to do That you want to make change in your organization is to create a sense of urgency. And how Harold, excuse me, Harold, not Harold, but how Fred did this in the book is he made a model of an iceberg and he showed the leadership council what happened when water froze and expanded how the iceberg could actually break apart. We've just learned how to set the stage by creating a sense of urgency to disrupt the status quo. Stay with us to learn how to make progress by assembling a team with a diversity of competencies and skills, deciding what to do, and creating a vision for change. I'm Gerald Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, Valerie Lewis. This is MOB, Masterminds of Business, and this is Episode 5A. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Write a review. Couple of quick programming notes. If you want to get in touch with us here at MOB, you can reach us at sabacon.net forward slash m-o-b or at Ideas on twitter and on facebook that's s-a-b-a-c-o-n-i-d-e-a-s if you are a mastermind and you have a great story you want to share or a question you want to ask please reach out coming up we will discuss how the penguins created a guiding team decided what to do and created a vision for change in john cotter's book our iceberg is melting
0: So talked about pulling your team together. Have to pull your team together. So one of the things that I appreciated about this book is the leader, Lewis, pulled the team together. So you had Alice, you had Fred, you had Buddy, Uh, my pal buddy. Your pal buddy. And Jordan. And And Jordan. Was it Jordan? Yes, Jordan was the professor.
1: Oh, Jordan was the professor?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. You read the book, Gerald? I read the book, but okay. I just didn't remember Jordan <laughs> was the professor. So I thought he was just the professor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have this team pulled together, right? Okay. And Lewis identified the strengths of each one of those team members. Correct. So he was, he was able to be inclusive. Yes. So each one of those team members had some type of unique characteristic that that helped them to pull the group together, and collectively they were able to be very successful because we're talking about successful change. That's right. Okay. So he pulled together his team. So you had one very action-oriented person. You had another person that was a very good communicator down to earth. You had someone that was analytical. You also had a leader who had the vision and understood the strategy. So all of those characteristics together made the team. Now
1: that is one of that part of the book where the head penguin, who was Lewis, pulled together the team. But he pulled together the team, as you just mentioned, with, you know, different aspects for different strengths that they had now. In my previous work, a lot of times teams get pulled together, but not all the time have I seen it being pulled together where each person had a specific niche. So one was like the excellent communicator and one was the thoughtful person and one was the, you know, the push person mm-hmm. and one I've I I can't say that I've always seen it that way. A lot of times I've seen it where, you know, you're in charge of this particular part of the project and since you're executing that part of the project you're on the team and it's kind of a round robin of different leaders of different departments and I've seen that more frequently than the way this team was built yeah. and I thought that was very cool
0: very formative
1: of uh, putting together a team.
0: Well I actually thought it was very strategic because when you think about your vision and what you're trying to accomplish, you need someone that's going to be able to communicate. You need the visionary. You need someone that's very, you know, move forward, very action oriented. So I think that the makeup of the team was based on the urgency of the situation and taking into consideration all the different pieces that needed consideration. Right.
1: Right. I think, and I totally agree with you. I just don't, I just, in my experience, I haven't seen people pull together teams with that in mind.
0: I agree with you. I, I've been on teams where you you're pulled together just because you're part of the leadership team. And so whatever the characteristics are, right. whatever the strengths, you just, you know, told to do something. And they don't necessarily consider what the end goal is. They just go, Okay, you're part of this team and do it. I think Lewis what he did was inclusive leadership. So, you know, we have diversity and inclusion. His inclusive leadership style enabled all of these individuals to collectively bring their strengths together and kind of move forward. So I think that that was one of the aspects that helped make this change successful. This is the one that I, I don't always
1: see people looking at the skills of the individual as why they put were put on that team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes okay. it's kind of where they're familiar with. Then, after you pull together the team, you need mm-hmm. to come up with a vision. And the reason why you have to have the team first is you need all aspects of those people.
0: We do. Can I just say one more thing about the team before sure. we go into the next sure. um, one? There was something in the book that talked, when the, group, when the leaders came together, Lewis asked them to point north. Oh yeah, he did do that, didn't he? And each leader their in port. close their eyes and no, point. Close their eyes. and... I
1: think it's close your eyes because close your eyes and point east. Okay. The reason why I'm saying east is because northern people might. Because you just want to be. No, no, no. Different. It's
0: important, but it was close your eyes and point east. Okay. So he had them go through that exercise where they closed their eyes to point east. My point is that each leader pointed in a different direction. So they were all together. They all knew what they were trying to accomplish. They all had individual strengths, but they weren't really all together in terms of pointing to where East was. Correct. So then Lewis had to pull them all together and help them to become a cohesive team before he could come up with the vision, and then share that with others. I think that was a really important point.
1: Well, on that little little story within the book, uh, Our Iceberg is Melting by John Cotter, that little story there, one of the things that that I thought was important is he said, hey, I didn't tell you you couldn't talk to one another. I didn't tell you right. you couldn't feel, you know, use each other. I just told you to point east. So what he was trying to do was say, hey, you need to work together and look for answers, that haven't been explicitly spoken. A lot of times we're so caught up in what explicitly is said Mm -hmm. and, and forget about all the implicit uh, characteristics of the question and what's asked of you to do. That didn't come out too smoothly, but you guys got my point.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. So if not, send your comments to Gerald Johnson. Oh my goodness. (laughs)
1: Rarely have I been on a team that was put together solely based on the skills and the competencies of each of the team members. As you just heard, that's exactly how the emperor penguins on an iceberg in Antarctica decided to create the team that eventually solved their existential crisis. Stay with us to learn how to decide what to do and create a vision for change. I'm Gerald Johnson, and I'm here with my co host, Valerie Lewis. This is MOB, Masterminds of Business, and this is Episode 5A. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and write a review. A couple of quick programming notes. If you want to get in touch with us here at MOB, you can reach us at sabacon.net forward slash MOB or at Sabacon Ideas on Twitter and on Facebook. That's S-A-B-A-C-O-N-I-D-E-A-S. And if you're a mastermind and you have a great story to share or a question to ask, come on, reach out. Coming up, we will discuss how the penguins decided what to do and created a vision of change in John Cotter's book, Our Iceberg is Melting. The next thing you do In trying to develop a strategic, successful change is decide on a vision. Decide where you are going. And that is the key. Decide where you are going and
0: how to figure out where you're going. So you need to come up with the vision and figure out where you're going for that urgent situation. Right. For the
1: urgent situation as well as any situation that you may have. So you might have a situation, and it might not be urgent like your iceberg is melting and your life is in peril. It might just be we need to change for some reason. We're going after a new client. We're going after a new type of business. Our company is becoming outdated. Our products are outdated. We need to change. You need to create that sense of urgency, but then you need to, to mark out a vision of where you're going. After you put together a team, because if you put together a vision before you put together a team, sometimes you don't get buy in with the team members.
0: So I'm just going to throw something out. So Throw it out. The garbage over there. No. <laughs> the garbage no, is over there. Not like that. OK, so listen to this. You have an organization mm-hmm. and they bring in consultants.
1: Yeah, I love consultants.
0: Yeah. OK. <laughs> so they bring in a consultant to help the leadership team come up with the vision, come up with the strategy, but they don't really own it. They don't have any buy-in, but you have a lot of leaders and a lot of organizations that pass that responsibility off to a consultant. Where does the consultant come into all of this change management?
1: Okay, that is a great question. What's your
0: thought on that, Gerald? My
1: thought is that the consultant does not come up with the vision. The consultant helps flesh out the vision by asking probing questions, analyzing data, trying to bring facts to reality, bring facts to fruition, show people facts or show people information that they didn't normally think of what they saw. Bring different sets of information to them, expose it to them to help them craft a vision. That's what a consultant does. Helps them craft a vision. This is not a consultant's vision. Mm-hmm. This is a vision that's determined by the people um, that the organization... By the leaders, by, by, the, leadership by the leadership team. By mm-hmm. the leadership team. And in the book's case, they were struggling. They struggled for quite some time trying to figure out what were they going to do. They, After all, they're a bunch of penguins on an iceberg. I mean, how how you're a bunch of penguins on an iceberg. And, and ice it's building. melting. And it's melting. Our iceberg. So what are we <laughs> going to do? And the funny thing is, again, Fred... Mr. Observant mm-hmm. looked in the sky, and he saw a seagull flying in the sky, and he said, Dad, what's this bird doing all the way up here in Antarctica? And so the seagull landed for a minute, and they started talking to a seagull. I mean, penguins can talk, so can seagulls. I mean, what... It what was a, fa- <laughs> it's, a <fable. laughs> it's a fable. It's a fable, right? Yes, you
0: could do whatever you want.
1: And the seagulls said that they were a nomadic people. Basically, they wandered from place to place looking for food, and that struck an idea in Fred's head. Suppose mm-hmm. the penguins could be a nomadic people as well. And lo and behold, that became their new vision. To transform well, the penguins to a nomadic existence instead of living on the same iceberg in the same place forever and ever all
0: time. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. So, so I look at the Seagull as a consultant.
1: You look at the Seagull as a consultant?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I look at the Seagull as a consultant because they had to, they explored other options before they landed on um, the nomadic, you know, option. What was yeah, they did. They explored other options. But you still have to have your vision before you explore other options. So your vision really states what you want your end point to look like. Correct. How you get there. Is another so I look at the story about the seagull as how you how they get there. But their vision was that they wanted to survive, they wanted to thrive, they wanted to be happy. I'm making this up; didn't have yeah, it didn't happen in the yeah, no book. Yeah, but, yeah, that's but they true. wanted to get off of that iceberg. That you know, so their that's in-state true. vision was: we have to have an existence where we can thrive, where we can eat, where we can all live together and maintain our, our way of living. I look at, like I said, the seagull as providing an option, another way for them to do that. Like you, your example of a mm-hmm. consultant giving advice in terms of how to do that.
1: So I definitely didn't think of the seagull as a consultant, I must admit. But do you I,
0: see the difference between how you think and how I think?
1: I, I've i always okay. seen the difference between the way we think. But but I will <laughs> say, I, I will say, though, I buy... I. The seagull can be a consultant. But I, what I would disagree on, though, is that the vision was set before the seagull got there. The vision, the vision is that they were going to be a nomadic people. They always wanted to go get off the island. They, if they wanted to get off the island, they could just jump in the sea. But they wanted to get off the island. They had to have somewhere to go, and they didn't have that idea until the seagull got there the consultant got there <laughs> and told him what their people did and then they thought they could emulate the seagull which you don't usually want to emulate the consultant but you emulate the seagull and that's why i said the the vision well, was we right.
0: don't we don't want to get hung up on the minutia
1: cuz no. we want to still oh, it's
0: minutia when you i know <laughs> <laughs> you see how well boom okay so we we still want to get back to the steps
1: so after you get a vision what do you do what's the next so, well, step so
0: wait, wait a minute first you have to Um, Create this uh, state of urgency. State of urgency. Okay. Pull your team together.
1: Guiding team.
0: Decide what you want to do.
1: Create a vision. So far, we've discussed how the penguins set the stage by creating a sense of urgency and pulling together a guiding team. We also discussed how they decided what to do and created a vision for change. Three of the eight steps that John Cotter illuminates in his book Our iceberg is melting. The business environment is forever changing. If you want to be a successful leader in your organization, you must be able to adapt. Our iceberg is melting can be your guide to successful change if you can master the change management process that John Cotter outlines. Hopefully you've learned how to begin the process of change in your organization. Join us for the conclusion of our discussion on Our Iceberg is Melting, MOB 5B, where we will be making change happen and making it stick. In the meantime, tell us about a major change you had to implement. We want to know. Give us a holler. Let us know how you typically handle change in your organization. We like to be inspired by stories of triumph. If you want to hear more of MOB, please subscribe. And write a review. Both Fal and I want to thank you for listening to MOB, Masterminds of Business. And we also want to thank our engineer extraordinaire, Frank Sterling. If you want to get in touch with us here at MOB, you can reach us at sabacon.net forward slash MOB or at Sabacon Ideas on Twitter and on Facebook. That's S-A-B-A-C-O-N-I-D-E-A-S. Don't forget to check out our next episode, M.O.B. 5B, the conclusion of Our Iceberg is Melting. And if you like what you hear, take action. Don't sit on your hands. Reach out to us and subscribe. Write a review. And remember, until next time, nothing happens unless you make it happen.